Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Trope, and they have a new album called Eleutheromania, which was released on March 31st via Beats Me Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Diana to share some more information about this release, what they've got going on, and also, we are beautifully partners in crime with the same set of cans, which uh, <laughs> I believe is a first for the show. So thank you so much, Diana, for coming on. Nice. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, let's chat about this record because I was looking at the credits and I did a double take because I had to make sure um, David Botrill mixed it, Ted Jensen mastered it. Yes, and Mike Fraser engineered it. Okay, beautiful. So... Nobody's small. Like, we're talking about the guy who produced some of the greatest rock music that we've ever, you know, heard, aside from Trope. So, what went into the decision to have this this team? Well, um, the our producer, guitar player, Moonhead, who he produced the album, uh, he was, I was asking him who he wanted to work with on, on the recording itself. And so... Uh, we were, I mean, both fans of, of all the above listed and, uh, he always really loved, um, Blue Murder and, uh, some of the work also that, that Mike Fraser had done. So we ended up just approaching, uh, each person and playing the music for them and they all, um, resonated, uh, with the music. And so that kind of led to them agreeing to work on it. Okay. Very cool. So does that mean... That you guys recorded in Vancouver with Mike? Yeah, we recorded in Vancouver um, at the Armory and at Hipposonic, which was formerly Little Mountain Sound. And then, so all the tracking happened there and um, over like 50 days, I think it was. And then we sent the album to Bottrell, David Bottrell, who was in Toronto, and then he mixed it. And then we sent it. I think Ted Jensen was in Nash or no New York at the time, so he mastered it there. So it kind of like went around a few places and came back to Vancouver, <laughs> and then we and then we left Vancouver and moved. So <laughs> right, I'm say because you're in Ontario yourself, correct? I'm now back in Ontario after a few loops, but yes. <laughs> okay, so that's quite a bit of travel. I mean, obviously, I'm always curious, like, what's the price tag on that? But I mean, it's totally worth it. Um, <laughs> price tag is food, is eating yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> exactly. Um, cool. But yeah, no, that, that's 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 cool because especially now today, everybody's pretty centralized in recording at home and having it you know, mixed and mastered elsewhere or whatever. But um, it's so, I don't want to say old school, but I was actually just reading up on Brian Adams and how some of his stuff was done. And it's pretty much the exact same way. Like he would go to Vancouver, work in those studios that you just mentioned, and then the tapes would be physically mailed off somewhere else across the country, either to Toronto or, <laughs> yeah. you, you know. And I'm trying to imagine back then, like, how much it would cost to mail all that two-inch tape and also having a backup or like, what if something happens? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 That would be a phone call. You would be like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I would imagine I'd be by the phone. Like, did it get there? Is it okay? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, what was it like recording in those studios? And did you happen to see anybody cool poke through? Only the, the spirits of cool people who yeah. were priorly there. Yes. <laughs> but, um, no, uh, we, uh, let me think who did, I don't know if we actually saw anyone there, but, 
Uh, it was really, really cool. I mean, it was it was my kind of first uh, experience in that like that duration. I, like we were we've been in those studios before and stuff, but over that duration, like it it is kind of an old fashioned way. And we were able to do that because of some like specific support for that project, like through Creative BC and Creative Media Wealth. So we had some um, some like you know specific sponsors for that album that helped us make it, um, but. It was it was awesome. Like it was uh, it was just really cool to live in that space in the sound, especially because I was still writing some of the parts, like some of the lyrics and melodies were still being um, jammed out. So being able to hear like the drum tracking happening and just live in those parts mm-hmm. while working on this stuff really really helped. Yeah. Can you see now why those studios are so infamous, or do you kind of like eh? It's still just a studio. Oh no, they were gorgeous. Oh my God. Yeah. They're amazing studios. And I mean, the armory is just absolutely beautiful and, uh, yeah, it's, it's enormous. And then Hipposonic is, has a bit more of an intimate vibe, but just the, the sound that we heard on playback, like the last day of tracking was so awesome. And it was just coming through those, I think they were NS10s. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I I can see why they're they are what they are. I mean, it, there is a vibe, there's an energy, and I mean, who knows like how much of it you construct of your own mind <laughs> because of knowing the legacy, or just or or just the act of being there and being amongst people that you're just creating with for a good term of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Creative BC is something that I am personally not familiar with. I'm familiar with similar types of programs in Alberta. We have. Uh, some similar uh, things, and I'm sure in Ontario there are some similar things. Um, but for those who aren't familiar, what is Creative BC? How did that come together? Uh, I think Creative BC. Oh my gosh, it's 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 weird to speak on their behalf because I'm not sure if what I'm going to say is true. But okay. <laughs> um, I think they started recently, uh, like in 2017 or 2016, or, mu- or yeah, t- Creative BC, not music. Music BC was already happening, I think. And then they had started a new program that was a music grants program, a sound recording program. And uh, they were just really trying to encourage more music uh, activity in the province of BC. So they were giving out a lot of money to a lot of bands at that time. And there wasn't a lot of like kind of hoop jumping to, to go through. Uh, the submission process was fairly simple and they just wanted to see like where that you were recording in a BC based studio. Okay. So it didn't yeah. matter. Didn't matter. You guys were coming over from Ontario just as long as you were going to record in BC. We were, ba- we were based in Ontario in BC at the time. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But I don't think that mattered as much. I think you were, I think you were able at the time to be a non BC artist uh, as long as you're bringing money to the BC like studios and um, personnel, even though like I think, yeah, it, it was mostly mostly just BC studios. So you could have hired outside and brought them to a BC studio, and then mm-hmm. it still would have been subsidized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They give you the money, and then you take that money and you spend it at the studio, and then the studio. So it's a big cycle of life, you know. It, it is, yes. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> a cycle of let's keep music in business. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, because they could just give the studios money, but then you get the opportunity to create in that capacity. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they, they wanted it to be like new works being created through those studios. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. Like they want they wanted to encourage new new music and new content. Mm-hmm. Now, when you guys you mentioned you're doing a lot of work still creatively in the studio, I'm guessing this was pre-pandemic. Yes, it was all pre-pandemic. Okay. Um, what were you guys looking for on Elusromania when you guys went into the studio? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to produce? Yeah, in this case. Uh, in this case, all the demos were really, really hashed out. So Moonhead had already produced everything. Like all the parts were written, everything was done. And except for some of my parts, but yeah. So I think we just wanted to enhance the demos and just to get a better sonic quality and see if there were some potentially new ideas that could help, um, you know, enrich things or new solos or who knows what, you know, just new parts. But it was mostly just to basically enhance the quality of the demos was what we were after. Okay. Now, I noticed between uh, the two tracks that currently have music videos, Lambs and Peridolia. Yeah. And, and Shout, but yes. You're right. <laughs> the and Shout. Gave you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Shout. Though, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to pray ignorance on this one because I remember Shout, I think from last year as a single. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we released it in April of last year. Okay. Is that on the album? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. This would be a moment where I'm going, John really should have done your homework before talking no, to Diana. It's, a, it's totally okay. <laughs> okay. Because I remember that. I was going through and I saw the music video. I was like, shout. That's right. Because all of a sudden I went back to, and I could go back to the original email, but I remember about this point in time last year, and you guys popped up onto my radar because you had just come out with shout okay cool yeah yeah uh which is a depeche mode song correct uh, t- tears for fears yeah oh sorry apologies okay. no oh, man i'm starting to <laughs> start, i'm starting to crash and burn here it's because it's no it's totally okay <laughs> there's Sweet. a lot of songs called shout so this is very true now um i guess would be a quick question is why that song out of all the songs in uh in the world um, I think at the time, so Moonhead had been doing some uh, remixing as well, and so he had the actual stems of that song, like the original stems, and he was working on a different kind of remix. And then we looked at it, and like I, I think like he obviously really loved the song, and I loved it as well. And I, I, I loved Tears for Fears for a really long time since I was a kid. I was singing some of their stuff just to myself in the room, <laughs> but um, yeah. So like he. Uh, he started experimenting with like a rock approach to it. And, uh, and yeah, I, it just took on a whole new meaning for me as well. When I started, when we started thinking, Oh, this could actually work for trope. That's mm-hmm. where it kind of started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The funny thing about a lot of those songs, I was chatting with somebody recently about this is that it's so you could fly, like you could do a polka version of some of those songs, you know, from the, from the eighties. And it would totally fly. It'd be like, oh, that this was always a polka song. Or you could, you know, fly into something edgier and be like, man, this is like a rock song that was always waiting to come through. Yeah, cause I think because the songwriting is so good. And it's like, like I know the, the 80s gets a bit of like smack for like some of the production or whatever being cheesy. But yeah. the songs are so good. Like, and I'm not saying that the production is smack for Tears for Fears. I'm just right. saying that it is said that for other bands. But I... I don't know. I think they're just such insane songwriters. Like, I mean, the lyrics like of any of their songs, like I could just pull up and like, I'm like, that's what's happening in the world today. You know, it's mm-hmm. just so applicable. Yeah. Well, it was a, timeless. it was a tumultuous time. Those eighties. 
<laughs> what is it not, it seems? Wait, what is it not a tumultuous <laughs> time? <laughs> Very true. Um, I, I think I already did ask you, like, why that song, but you mentioned lyrics and they're insanely good songwriters. Was there something about Shout that spoke to you at that time, or as a band you guys just thought, this sounds kind of tacky, but it's a hit song, let's cover that one out of the catalog. Oh my God, no, that was never the thought process. It's like, we never think, um, I mean, if we were thinking that way, we, we would probably not write progressive <laughs> alternative <laughs> rock music. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I, I think I love the song's lyrics because to me, it's, uh, it just fits very much in line with the album's messaging, which is a Luthermania Manic Zeal for Freedom. Um, the song, especially like, some of the lyrics, like those one track minds that took you for a working boy, kiss them goodbye. You shouldn't have to jump for joy. Mm-hmm. It just to me that like, I mean, it, it could mean so many different things, but to me, that's just like, I mean, that's just the state of the universe in a way. Like so many people are in this, these like challenging situations or they're working like jobs they don't want to, or they're in different forms of cages, you know? And it's like, and they're told like, well, you should be happy, you know, because you, <laughs> what, for whatever reason, you know, or like if, when your boss tells you like, well, you should be, feel lucky you have this job and then it like harasses you. And like, there's so many situations where we're told this by like, name any like figure in power or, or, or even amongst ourselves, but like where we underestimate ourselves, you know, you shouldn't have to, that it took you for a working boy. You're not just that we are in just that, you know, there's, we are, there's so much more to each person than the kind of narrow tunnels that we try to fit each other into. So mm-hmm. it's just, there's just a lot in there that says, that's to me speaks volumes in a lot of ways, the way they wrote that song, but yeah. And it's, then, and then to shout, to actually stand up for that, you know, not to just sit idly by and accept it. Yeah, exactly. Now, is that a theme to the album or a con? Like, is, the, is it a concept album at all? It's funny because I was talking to someone to um, Chris Pern. He he designed the artwork for the front cover, mm-hmm. and he was saying that to him it, it 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 sounded like a concept album, even though we didn't write it like that. But just that the themes seemed to kind of blend together. But I guess they just all came from a place of of wanting to explore the concept of freedom in different ways. And freedom is like such a vague term. It's like I think it's a lot of self awareness is also like something that creates more internal freedom you know or external freedom as well mm-hmm. it's just knowing thyself more so i think the whole record is that just explores that um it's it's an exploration on awareness i guess and and therefore freedom as well in some ways yeah that's actually a really interesting concept especially with going back to the parlance of our times and uh <laughs> <laughs> that was an accident that we happen to release it now <laughs> yeah um People who have a frantic zeal for freedom, and I'm going to insert without any kind of discipline or consequence, I guess. Interesting. What do you mean? Uh, like, for example, with the anti-masking and anti-vaxxing thing and, and uh, you know, protesting that sort of thing and having super spreader events, I personally would argue that that's not really a matter of opinion. It's education. And if they don't want to be educated, at what point do we pull the hammer down and say, you guys are making this lockdown last longer? Yeah. You guys are hurting people. This is not a joke. It's not a conspiracy. It's a matter of education, not opinion. You are not free to hurt people. 
Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting point. I was actually just thinking of this yesterday. It's like, it's like, uh, damn it. I just had it, but, um, <laughs> like, how do we, cause there's so much like being agreed and, and so much more being disagreed on in this time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, how do we like how, like in my brain, I'm like, how do I try to just see from someone's standpoint? So yes, like, so I can, so I would like, I can say like, yes, I, I disagree with like having, with being in a space where you can potentially harm someone, you know? And so like personally, yes, like whatever my opinion is on the matter, it's like, yes, I do wear my mask because I am worried that I could, even if it doesn't work or does work, the chance that it might work is enough for me to whatever. But um, just trying to analyze like someone else who might think differently or, or, or have different thoughts or different perspectives. It's like, I can see why, like trying to understand them, it, it could be scary if if they feel that their freedoms are being infringed upon, you know? Yeah. So like trying to understand where they're coming from, even though I don't agree, I think is important only because, and I, I only go in that direction because I see like so many going in the direction of hatred and of just like, you know, this, yeah. and that scares, that scares me in a way even more than people acting in a way that can be perceived as selfish, you know, out of fear or whatever it is, the reasoning, you know? So yeah. it's just really fucking complicated. Sorry, excuse my friend it, or whatever language. Whoa. It's really complicated. You're using <laughs> French on my show. That's fan <laughs> Très fantastique. Oui. Merci. Oui, parce que j'ai pensé que tu aimais <laughs> la langue. La langue. Ooh, I'm losing my French. Anyway. Pourquoi pas, But, ma, mademoiselle, pourquoi pas? <laughs> But yeah, so I don't know. It, it is, it's, it's tricky. Like, I mean, I, 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 the way I see like a manic zeal for freedom is like within myself anyways, is, is in a sense of like exploring my freedom in a way that doesn't harm others. Yeah. So like there, there are some like songs on the album, like privateer, which is like a war cry. It's a battle cry, you know, but it doesn't necessarily, um, encourage violence, you know? So it's, it's just, It's tricky. I don't know. It's very. <laughs> I just hope we don't like we stop hating each other so much. Like yeah. that's dangerous because then that leads to, I think, people feeling marginalized or 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 yeah, not rooted to anything or connected, and then that could lead to more violence. So, but who knows? Who know. knows what inspires what <laughs> or what the right thing is or what the right thing is. Uh, not to sound wishy washy. It's just. No, I know. Yeah. It, it's no. It's super I have my very strong opinions yeah. on stuff. I'm just. Yeah. I, I just wish we weren't so divided. I guess is all I'm saying, and I don't know how to fix that. I don't think anybody really does. Be perfectly, uh, perfectly honest with you. Now I'm trying to find the track tell because I yeah, I heard you say there's a track called Privateer. Yes, uh, which is an interesting one because the line between Privateer and Pirate is whether or not you have the king's blessing. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know that. Thank you. You're quite welcome. Because <laughs> uh, history lesson. Do, do you know how how pirates of the Caribbean became the pirates? No. So they were privateers. At the time, England was embroiled in a war with, I believe, Spain and France. And I could be wrong on that one, but at least Spain was involved in that. Yeah. And all these countries were uh, taking over Latin America and bringing back things. Yeah. Um, that they could use as currency, tobacco, sugar, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then bringing in slaves on slave ships so that they could do this for free. Anyway, um, and in order to, because I guess the Navy wasn't big enough, they hired people called privateers to legally go and pirate Spanish ships. 
But then when the war was over, all these people who were doing this for work were out of work. So then they started doing it without a license, a license. And then they became pirates. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. not obviously favorable, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Groovy. Uh, Sweet. Is there anything else that we I didn't met? think about that when I was writing the song. But <laughs> oh, okay. What, I were, just, <laughs> what, what were you thinking of as a privateer? Um, I actually don't... I actually didn't write the song in the privateer sense of oh. the word. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was just more of a, of a, battle, of a battle cry and... Um, I guess you could look at it like a loot for one's own um, uh, dignity or honor, you know, uh, just standing, putting a hard line in the sand uh, for feeling like you're being harassed or or just mistreated or, you know, um, that's what the song is, is mainly about. But um, then, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the, the name is... It's its own thing. <laughs> no worries. All right, we got kind of deep on the show. Is that okay, Diana? Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Okay. Is that okay with you? It's okay. No, I love that. I I see myself as more of like a, a Howard Stern than like a really boring uh, interview person. So tell me about your influences. I can hear your influences in the record. Um, but I like to find out, you know, with whom I'm speaking to use proper grammar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I find that stuff interesting too. I like to, I like to wax philosophy. Yes, <laughs> but yes. Just, and just and just to think about yeah, ideas and, and emotional concepts or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> groovy. Okay, so we chatted about Creative BC, Music BC. We chatted about Tears for Fears. We chatted about the record as a whole. We chatted about having this stellar, I mean, unbelievably stellar uh, team to work on the record. And what else did we chat about? We chatted about. Eleutheromania and Eleutherophobia. Eleutherophobia. Um, as they exist in the world. And something I found on Wikipedia was its potential usage actually in terms of, uh, I don't know what they call them these days, mental illness, psychological disorders, psychosis, neurosis. Um, if it becomes a, a frantic frenzy type thing. Which it sounds like it would if it's a phobia. Or could be a phobia. Yeah. I, it's funny because I was just thinking about this the other day. I think that I think that a, a phobia or some kind of like, yeah, thing that implies um, some kind of mental conundrum or illness or whatever it is, I think is accurate, actually. I, I honestly think that, I mean, we hear about people coming out to, to explain their like mental illness or battles with anxiety or depression or... I honestly believe that almost everyone in the planet has mental illness. Uh, and only because it's like we've, I, I, I strongly believe that almost everyone at some point battles with anxiety or depression or some kind of like misalignment or um, panic attacks because like, uh, like how could you not? <laughs> like, I think, I, I, I think the world is just constructed in a way where you're like brought into it and told, well, you should be this and you should not be that. And like, there's all these conditions imposed and so there's like this like just onset pressure from the gate you know yeah and then um 
yeah like and then and then you go through life and then there's like and then like chances are you're probably at some point gonna get you know harassed or bullied or abused or it's like it's just very highly likely you know (laughs) yeah well something you mentioned like how could you not have like how could we as a whole almost not deal with that you know yeah well something you mentioned at the beginning was we live in different forms of cages and that uh you know you're born onto earth as an earthling, as a human, but then the first cage starts. Well, you were born in Canada, so you're in a Canadian cage, and then you're born inside of a province, so you're born in Ontario, so now you're in a cage called Ontario, and none of these cages actually exist. Like, you can't take me out to the border and show me there it is. There, there is no border. It's a construct that we have mentally created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, then from there stems nationalism, and then from there stems people fighting with each other quite literally over just an idea that's not actually there, which is, which is, I know. And then you get the next one, which is, Oh, you live in Toronto. So now we have another cage because now Toronto has a border and then you get into your postal code and that has a cage. And then you start getting into other constructs like this school versus that school. And it's in the same neighborhood, but they're two different schools. Now they have a rivalry and then you start getting bullying and you, you start getting these, these constructs that, only have stemmed from an idea. I totally agree. And there's so many of them. It's just like, and even our internal like cages of just like, you know, the ones that we can't even pretend to draw borders on, you know, it's um, just from, from acting the way we feel like we should to navigate this life, you know? And yeah, it's just, I, I find the peeling of those, constructs or layers or of denial or layers of just like programming really interesting yeah exactly all right diana (laughs) definitely no tropes here Uh, maybe a few maybe maybe (laughs) a few we we welcome them (laughs) exactly uh we didn't talk about gated reverb speaking of cheesy 80s recordings so that would i think would be a trope at this point would be gated reverb but anyway well, you know, if you wanted to do part two on um, on on sonic tropes, then I highly encourage you to interview Moonhead because he's got like a freaking dictionary encyclopedia of of knowledge on this stuff. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we chatted about the mania. We chatted about the phobia. We chatted about Creative BC, Music BC, Tears for Fears. We chatted about uh, different forms of of cages, both invisible and non visible, and. I uh, chatted about the record. We chatted about working with some legends in the biz. And um, I think that's about it. Is there anything I missed, Diana? Mm, not if you feel like you've covered it. <laughs> okay. Well, I got to get on to my next call. But uh, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for sharing the music. Hello, hello, or should I say goodbye, goodbye? Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Metal Podcast. I've been your host, John Harris. Please head over to our website at www.therockmetalpodcast.ca. There you can sign up for our newsletter and find out more information about today's show.